0: Tech Studios in Atlanta, Georgia. It's America's favorite
1: game show podcast. Tell them what they've won. And now, here are your hosts, Tom Bastack and Mike Jacobs.
2: welcome in it is america's favorite game show podcast tell them what they've won it's the game show guys i'm tom bastek and i'm mike jacobs here we are season three and
1: oh my god tom we are live in the very same room. I, I know. Well, what's funny is like the way we're oriented here is we're at the same table, but we're not really facing each other. Sure. But, like I feel obligated to turn and face you.
2: <laughs> You're in the room with me. I have to look at you. I, we actually have to have eye contact now. This is amazing. And I, yeah. the best part is, is there's not going to be a lot of editing.
1: Well, I would hope so. (laughs) So the thing is, we're we're saying this is live, I guess? Live to tape, the way they do talk shows, maybe? We'll edit it a little
2: bit. To, To tell you the truth, it's the first time, for those of you who've joined us and don't know, Mike and I don't live in the same town anymore. We were originally both in Atlanta, but... Uh, both of us uh, had immunocompromised uh, spouses, so we were not even putting ourselves in the same pod. There was no pod for either one of our families for all Very of true. COVID. So we started this uh, April first of last year. We pulled the um, we pulled the cord on getting like all the social and the. Um, the, the dom- website and everything yeah domain name etc cetera, etc cetera, and went live on May 1st with our very first episode so we have now made it a year
1: that to me is amazing um i guess partly because of just being quarantined in covid but it does not feel like it's been a year yeah. at all
2: and we've already got two seasons under our belt. Here we are season number 3 and how nice is it that we're now both fully vaccinated and actually able to be in the same room. And look at you using a real microphone. I know,
1: right? This thing is amazing. I hope it sounds as good as like I feel like a professional.
2: It it it's pretty rich. I'll have to I'll have to let you listen because I've got the headphones on. So you'll have to listen, but
1: it sounds Should good. Shall I give it some of uh
2: Yeah, get, get the big voice. Yeah, yeah.
1: Ooh. No, I do we can we can try like a real death metal girl like a
2: well I think this is going to bode well this microphone and and the reason why um, the, the catalyst was to get you on this microphone was because of the storytelling time that we want to do uh, Mike has another about I know Mike has another podcast he wants to bring out that we're going to bring to you uh, it ha- will have nothing to do with game shows or maybe it will um, I mean, yeah, yeah hey you got to go for the crossover audience you know what I'm saying so, <laughs> <laughs> but anyway that's coming soon uh, but it's going to be a storytelling Telling uh, type podcast and it's just going to sound better reading it into a or not reading it but making it up into a beautiful speaking it into that microphone.
1: Well, I yes, I I cannot thank you enough for uh, giving me your your spare microphone. It's, it's all good. To, it's going to make worlds of difference. And uh, yeah, we're this is no longer just a podcast. We're turning into a whole podcast network.
2: Yeah, man, I'm uh, I'm excited. We're doing a lot, and this year we've got a lot lined up for you. Um, we definitely, if we can. Once, um, you know, COVID is officially over and done with, we'd love to be able to go out into the public and maybe do a live episode or do some episodes from live on location. In other words, they may not be live uh, as we're recording their streaming, but they may be recorded live at locations and then gone ahead and put uh, together for broadcast. Much like we're doing now, just in a more public space where you, yeah, you could come out and actually sit and enjoy us doing the podcast exactly, live, exactly. and then it would be recorded and played uh, back later on. So that's uh, in plans. we got all kinds of great stuff that uh, we're planning on for this season.
1: Yeah, and I got some... Uh, we, we, we've made a preliminary list of the order of episodes. Oh, God. Yeah, I forgot about that. We got some fun uh, little... little um, nuggets nuggets
2: i like that <laughs> nuggets yes well you had nuggets for dinner and i had nuggets for dinner last night well, so are, yeah. i feel yeah, like i had nuggets on the brain yeah that's what i'm talking uh, about
1: no uh but uh to that end if anyone has we've said this before if anyone has any suggestions for game shows they'd like to hear us feature uh you know i i don't want to say we're getting a bit long in the tooth here but you know there's only so many game shows that have a lot to talk about True. so we're in the realm where uh, you know the i would say Less popular, more obscure shows can potentially get their own full episode. So if you have one that you want to hear about,
2: let us know. And if, even if it's if it's not good enough for an entire episode, it may just be one that we could put with two or three others that are similar to it or have a similar name to it. And we can put them in an episode together. And therefore, even if it doesn't have enough to do a full hour on, we could you know do three shows in one hour. Yeah.
1: Or maybe we'll just look it up on YouTube and never say anything about it.
2: Who knows? <laughs> and, there, and there you go. <laughs> All right. Well, it's that time to bring back uh, the, the uh, is he the, th- would you consider him the third arm or the third leg of uh, the game show, guys? Well, it, I mean, it isn't
1: typically when you when you bring up a third something, isn't that typically like a, a negative connotation, like a third wheel, yeah, that sort that's of thing? That's
2: kind of where I was going.
1: Oh. Oh. <laughs> I see. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right. Sorry about that. I just had to have a little fun. I, I'm
2: allowed to have a little fun. No,
1: I got gotcha. uh, you. Yes, yes, Tom, the, the smartest person and most <laughs> adept game show <laughs> fanatic. Very he true. is the, the, the dead weight
2: on Yeah, you on he's show. the dead weight on the show. Whatever. Okay, let's bring that dead weight in.
0: Light up your cigarette, crack open a beer, put the kiddos to bed. From chaos around the world to carnage in your burial front yard, it's time for the news. Thank you, Tom. Thank you, Mike. This is the news brought to you by buzzerblog.com. And it is great to be back for season three. So we have a final group of guest hosts for Jeopardy. Now, these are going to extend through uh, the end of July. And uh, we have Anderson Cooper, who I think is doing a great job right now. um, And we have a couple more after that. But this final group was just announced by the producers of Jeopardy recently on Twitter. So we have Robin Roberts from Good Morning America. George Stephanopoulos, also of ABC News, going to be guest hosting Jeopardy. Uh, David Faber, I'm not familiar with that name. Um, Joe Buck, we talked about last week. And finally, after a long wait and over a quarter million signatures, LeVar Burton is getting his opportunity to guest host Jeopardy, and I am so thrilled about it.
2: Yeah, it's uh, going to be amazing. I'm really happy. I I would have been, I have to tell you, I, I may have done the actual blackmailing or like whatever you want to call it or not blackmailing um, blackballing or boycotting Blacklisting, blacklisting that's what I'm talking about okay I would have maybe done the boycotting of Jeopardy had LeVar Burton not been in this last group
0: well he got so much attention and so much press and he was so vocal about his desire to do the show that it would have been unusual uh, if they had ignored it,
2: it would have been crappy mark. It would have been crappy marketing. Am I wrong, Michael? Well, uh, here's the deal. Yes, it would have. Uh, you're absolutely right. I'm
1: sorry. I'm just distracted by the fact that is this not because of Christian? Like he was saying this a year ago.
0: Now, I only I only take a little bit of responsibility for it. But I, for a long time, even even before Trebek's passing, to be honest with you, I had been uh, all about LeVar Burton hosting Jeopardy because, and I'm just going to take a second and reiterate my reasoning for why it's the perfect choice. First of all, you got a guy who's hosted a show like Reading Rainbow for years and years. A lot of children of my generation, previous generations, grew up watching Reading Rainbow. And to me, LeVar Burton making the jump from Reading Rainbow to Jeopardy is almost like what Bill Nye has been able to do. He started as a scientist and a kid's show host. We all watched Bill Nye the Science Guy in the 90s. And now he's made this jump and he's become... Uh, he's become a science commentator and he's able to talk to these kids who he raised in a way. He's able to talk to them as the adults that they are now. So it's this full circle kind of uh, switch in focus. And I think that it suits LeVar Burton and Jeopardy! perfectly. So that's why that's why I was about it from way back. And I'm, I'm so happy he's getting a chance at it.
1: Well, and I, I'm fairly certain we have an episode before Trebek passed where we talk about who should take over and you bring up LeVar Burton. Yeah, education is like kind of his deal, right? Like his podcast is all about reading and it's just been his thing from day one. So it's a very natural fit to put him in that role.
0: Right. And from what I remember of him on Reading Rainbow, his delivery has this has this sense of, like, wonder sort of woven throughout it where you can tell he loves what he's talking about. There what better is better game a, to post uh, like
1: that? Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt oh, you. Oh, no, that's okay. I agree. There is a sleep story on the Calm app that is, uh, it's him reading, not reading, um, it's him, like, uh, docent through the solar system, and he just takes you past each planet and explains, like, how it's, comprised and all that kind of stuff. Beautiful. It's 45 minutes of the best listening I've ever heard ever.
2: I I will also tell you that my buddy David sent me a a commercial and, and Ryan Reynolds is on top of his on top of his game about for Aviation Gin, where he brings LeVar Burton in. I encourage you to Google it. We'll put it on the website this week. But it's the best 45 seconds of listening that you will do this week next to the 45 minutes that Mike will have you do on sleep.
0: I'm so excited.
2: (laughs) All right. Well, that's great. We're very happy for that. What else do you have for us, Christian?
0: Well, we have a premiere date for TBS's The Cube. June 10th on TBS, we're getting, finally getting, an American adaptation of The Cube. Now, we've talked about The Cube several times on the show. It is a stunt show that takes place in a big glass cube that's center stage. Um, so it's kind of comparable to Minute to Win It, these kind of small. Yeah. Uh, Tasks that you know that uh, that a player has to com- uh, has to complete. Uh, I fell in love with the original version because of the camera work. They have hundreds of cameras sp- spread out throughout the cube. So you take a small task, a small minute to win it type task, and you elevate it to this dramatic height with the like matrix sort of camera angles it's it's a beautiful show and from what we're hearing preliminary reports from the set indicate that it is a fantastic they did a fantastic job adapting this show for American audiences uh Dwayne Wade host and producer um and he will also for a change from the original be helping some contestants um one of their quote-unquote lifelines or helps is they get the ability to uh uh so they get to ask the host to help them with a task, which is an interesting uh, shift in dynamic that I think is going to be a lot of fun.
2: Oh, I think that's great. I mean, if you, Mike, and I don't know if you've seen the U.K. version of this at all. Yeah, I've here and there. So they're, they normally bring like three people with them that will help them go through. But you can only use each one of them once, right, Christian?
0: Right, yeah. So they're like lifelines. You know, you get... yeah. But like, right, assuming you, I think you get one of each of those unless they do something completely different. But that's typically how that kind of thing goes.
2: Right. But, but I think I think that that's great, though, because it's like, you know, you you only have X amount to use. But Dwayne Wade is a very athletic individual. That's somebody who that you would want helping you. So it makes sense to have him as like a help. Whereas like I don't know if asking Jimmy Kimmel to help me with a question on who wants to be a millionaire is a good idea. <laughs>
0: You're, probab- you're I think probably you're probably very excellent right.
2: Excellent point. <laughs> 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 like I kind of feel like that's that's like throwing in like a weak weak lifeline, like, hey, if you want the deflated lifesaver, here it is. Toss it overboard. Like, I don't know.
0: I remember uh, they did the new UK version of Millionaire and Jeremy Clarkson from Top Gear is the host of that. And they did the Ask the Host lifeline for that version and he he gave this preemptive warning he said if the question is not about 1970s progressive rock i would not use that lifeline
2: at least he was honest up front you know? right <laughs> I
0: mean... right right always appreciated
2: <laughs> well uh, do we have any jay leno news that you want to pass no okay all right uh, how about this week in game show history
0: well this week in game show history we are going back to april 29th 1977, and we're on CBS. We are getting the final episode of a game show called Double Dare. Now, a, an entire generation of kids, entire generation of Nickelodeon viewers knows what Double Dare is in the 80s and the 90s and even in the early 2000s. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody is well, full of crap here. Okay, go ahead. I know it. Well, this is a completely different Double Dare. This was a quiz show that was on CBS in the 70s. Now, this was one of the of the late Alex Trebek's first hosting jobs. So he had a show called Wizard of Oz in the early 70s, went on to a show called High Rollers that was pretty popular. And uh, in between runs of High Rollers, he hosted a show called Double Dare. Now, the way the show worked was this. You had two contestants. Each of them was... in an isolation booth they would get clues to the identity of a person place or thing one at a time the clues would get more and more revealing as they went on at any point if a contestant knew the answer they would hit their buzzer the other player's isolation booth would seal immediately so they couldn't hear what was going on and the person who hit their buzzer got to give the answer if they were correct they got to dare the other player to get the identity of the thing off the next clue. So they got to see the next clue coming up and kind of decide whether it would be worth it to get some extra money to see if that player would get it off that easier clue. And it was a really interesting show. It didn't do very well. It only lasted a season. Um, and a lot this of the- sounds super interesting, but I don't think I
2: get it. Yeah. From the look of confusion on Michael's face. And I can actually say that because we're in the same room. <laughs> right. Um, I, don't, I can understand why I didn't make it, because it's confusing. Well, I
0: wonder if it would be less confusing if we played a round of it.
2: Can we? Oh! We
0: sure can. Oh, I have. Right. So, I, I have one, so I have one ready. Okay, let me, just, let me just get my questions here. Okay, so what we're going to do is this. I'm going to read the clues, and I, have, okay. I think I have four clues here. I'm going to read them. I'm going to read them one at a time. If at any point one of you knows it, just say, I know it. The other person, take your headphones off and just kind of cover your ears so you can't hear what's going on.
2: Okay, cool. And All right. then and then we'll have that other person signal them back after the question's over. Yes,
0: please. Exactly.
2: Okay, cool. Yeah, we're good.
0: All right. So you guys ready? Yeah. Okay. So I will give you this much. The identity is a famous thing. And I'll even say it's an activity. It's a famous right. it's a a, a a famous activity. All right. All right. All right. Clue number one. Captain Mingad requested a longer stay in French prison to perfect his skill added. Clue number two. In the 1920s, Henry Lewis had an exceptional streak using only his nose to play. I know it. All right. Mike, take your headphones off.
2: All right. Christian, he's humming with his head, uh, okay, headphones so he can, off. So he, he can't see hear, hear. Or
0: anything. Okay, Tom, what's the answer?
2: Uh, harmonica playing.
0: No, it's not. Oh, it's not. Okay. So what happens in this case is, Tom, you take your headphones off. Have Mike put his back on.
2: Okay. Mike? Okay, so what's going on?
0: Okay, so Tom... Thought he knew the answer, and he was wrong. So as a result, you get a penalty clue. He will never see or hear this clue. So I'll give it to you, and you'll get a free guess. You ready? Okay. During a championship game, players end up walking up to three miles.
1: But a winner is known for doing it with his nose?
0: There was one. Yeah, that was the last clue. Yeah, in 1920s, Henry Lewis had an exceptional streak using only his nose to play. And during a championship game, players end up walking up to three miles. Any guess?
1: balancing a spinning plate on your nose
0: no it's not okay you could tap you could tap tom all right
2: i'm back did you get it mike he did, did not get it oh so
0: neither of you gave a right answer we will just continue okay clue, clue number four Well, i i should also mention because you got it wrong tom yeah. mike got a penalty clue he got to see the next clue you will not see that one but he oh. got a free guess off the next clue okay cool all right so we're on to clue number four now because you right. didn't get to hear number three number four Variations on the game include rotation and Chicago.
2: All right. I I'm, I'm I think I have another guess, but I'll wait for the next clue.
0: Okay. Another version of this game is referred to as Russian Pyramid. I know it. All right. Mike, take your headphones off.
2: Uh, playing solitaire.
0: No. Oh, nope. God. It is not. It is not. All right. So uh, tap him. Right. He gets another penalty. Go ahead and tap him. <clears throat> all right. All right. So he gave a, another wrong answer, so you get another mm-hmm. penalty clue. And again, he will not hear this one. Ready? Mm-hmm. There are other variants that make use of obstacles and targets, and tabletop games played with discs instead of balls.
1: Is it ping pong?
0: No, it is not. Go ahead and tap Tom. All right, I'm back. Mike gave another incorrect answer, so both. Okay. Of, so, but he got to hear a clue that you didn't get to hear. So, right, we're, right. So, so we're going back now. <laughs> so we're, we're we're
2: both sucking here, guys. This is longer
0: it. than the news for the past damn month. Okay, here we go. <laughs> All sports in this category are generally regarded to have evolved into indoor games from outdoor stick and ball lawn games like croquet.
2: I think I got it. Okay, I'm taking my things out. Okay,
0: so Tom is in isolation. Mike, what's the answer?
1: Is it shuffleboard?
0: No. (laughs) It is not. Good guesses, but it is not.
2: Oh, from the look on your face, it looks like he didn't get it. He did oh, not get it. it. Oh, my God. We are it. awful at this. <laughs> I love this game. Okay. Yeah, this is cool. Okay.
0: Tom, you'll get a penalty clue. Now, he won't oh, hear okay, this right, one, sorry. but you will because Mike got one wrong. So Mike All is right. away, right? The name may have evolved from the French word meaning stick. Uh, is it
2: lacrosse?
0: No. Okay. Good guess. It is, not, it is not. It is
2: not a Okay. All right, Mike. Come on back. We're at like forty-five minutes in. Neither Tom nor Mike know what the hell he's doing. <laughs> Tune in the next game week. ends
1: with Chris reading the entire Wikipedia article <laughs> for whatever this is, and we have no clue. <laughs> All
2: right, I'm, I'm, we're ready. Go ahead.
0: Okay. By 1727, the activity grew to such popularity that it was being played in almost every Paris cafe.
2: I think I know it.
0: Okay, Tom, what's the answer?
2: Is it darts?
0: No, it is oh, not darts. It is not darts.
2: God, come on back, Mike. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to take my penalty clue. Up now. All, right. All right, let's go. Here's your penalty
0: clue. The early balls were made from wood and clay, but the rich preferred to use ivory. Is it golf? Nope.
1: <laughs> oh, my God. All right, come back.
2: Okay. <laughs> we're just... <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm starting to figure out why this game didn't make it. I'm telling. Well, okay, that's fair. <laughs> well, I'll be Either honest, that, or I we've think... chosen the most
1: difficult thing in the world, or we're idiots.
0: So, for each question, there are usually about ten clues, and I think we may have gotten up to ten at this point. So, if you want, if you want the answer, I'll just give it to you.
2: I will take one more clue. Let's take one more clue, and if Could we don't you get come it... up with one,
0: um, I will. I will come up with one. All right, ready? All right, final clue. By 1956, players in annual championships. Began to receive their own cigarette cards.
2: I got it. Alright, I'm I'm gonna take my headphones off. All right. Is it baseball? No. <laughs> oh my goodness.
0: Do- alright, alright. I'll give you I'll give you both you the last wrong? one. Oh. Uh, yeah. Alright, ready?
2: Alright, last clue.
0: It was not until nineteen sixty one when the film The Hustler came out that sparked a new interest in the game. I've got it. It's pool. Yeah, it is. It is pool. It is Thank pool. you.
2: All right. Come on back, Mike. Oh, got I got it. Finally. Well, well, no, is no, it, see, billiards? It,
0: it so Right. It is billiards.
2: Okay. Yeah. So, I said pool, but he gave it to me for pool.
0: So at that point, Tom, you had gotten it right. Okay. If we still had clues left, I would have said, okay, we're going to keep him in isolation. Here's your clue for the dare. I'm going to read it to you. You determine whether that clue is hard enough that you can give it to him and he won't get it.
2: Right. So if it was the Hustler clue, I would have been like, no. So my clue, Mike, was, was it was made popular by the movie The Hustler, which is about pool. Um, so I, I'd have the choice to say, oh, no, I don't want to give him that clue. I'll just take my money and go.
0: Right. Exactly. Exactly, and then, and then if you give him the dare clue and he doesn't get it, you have the opportunity to double dare for even more money and give him the next clue. Wow. So it's a kind of, a kind of game of daring. It's really cool. The bonus round, they had three PhDs, each of them in their own booth, and you had eight clues that you would give to the identity of a thing. You'd have to give them to the PhDs. They called them the spoilers. You'd have to give them one at a time, and as long as at least one spoiler gets it wrong, you would win money, and the idea was that you wanted to get at least four clues by them Without them guessing the identity of the thing, it was it was a really cool little game. Again, very obscure. Didn't last very long. All just about all the episodes are on Amazon Prime and YouTube. Um, but yeah, Double Dare this week in game show history, and this feels like it's been a week in game show history.
2: Oh, Jesus! Oh my goodness. <laughs> I
1: do have not to belabor this even longer, but I do have one more quick clarification to the rules. We never heard each other's guesses. Is that supposed
2: to be the case?
0: That's right. As soon as somebody buzzes in, the other person gets sealed off immediately.
2: Interesting. The other thing is it sounds like this will be where after once the chase falls apart, the big three from Jeopardy! will be um, going to this show to be the spoilers.
0: Probably. That w- that actually would be pretty cool casting.
2: All right. Well, thank you very much, Mr. Christian, for and another exciting week. And uh, for those of you who hung in through all of that uh God bless you, And How about this week? We're doing Jeopardy.
0: So, Jeopardy. I mean, need I say more? Fascinating game. Born of the quiz show scandals, Merv Griffin had this idea to come up with a game show where the contestants are given the questions or Merv Griffin came up with this idea where the contestants are given the answers and have to come up with the questions. And it was promoted before the show premiered back in 1961, as sorry 1964 as this game where the contestants are going to get all the answers to an into Jeopardy. And it was this enigmatic sort of uh, promotional push that got a lot of people interested in the show even before it had premiered. Um, I mean, just... There's nothing else to say about Jeopardy! It's just such a fantastic show. Um, what a lot of people don't uh, know about it is that back in the 70s, see, For Buzzerblog one time, we did an article about five things you may not have known about Jeopardy, and we had some assistance from the Library of Congress. They have records of a lot of the games that were played on the show, not the tapes, but the paper records that they used to keep. So back in the 1970s, there was a game show host who walked on set to promote a new game show he was hosting on NBC, and his name was Alex Trebek. So over a decade before he hosted Jeopardy, Alex Trebek made an appearance on the 1970s NBC version of the show which would be a total trip to see today um but of course Alex Trebek became synonymous with the show um over 30 years history just total complete game show perfection that's that's you know i mean if you're going to make a list of the top 3 game shows of all time who wouldn't put jeopardy at the top
2: now yeah, that's what we're saying hey uh mike you know that um that little tidbit trivia tidbit makes me think of uh it may be time for a stump or jump.
0: Oh god, here we go. The bubbles. The well. bubbles are beginning.
2: Oh, is something churning in your stomach?
0: <laughs> it's 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 stump or chump season again.
2: Yeah, it is. ha <laughs> and this and this season you're going down twenty times in twenty episodes.
0: I welcome the challenge. Let's do it.
2: (laughs) All right, Michael, what do you got? All right, so we're doing
1: Jeopardy, and trivia about Jeopardy is probably, like, your thing. So I tried to go a little obscure with it, a a little off the beaten path for Jeopardy. Okay. Who has the highest single-day winnings in Celebrity Jeopardy?
0: The highest single-day winnings? Hmm. Hmm. Oh, god
2: he always starts with them mm. right well I'm
0: trying to think because there've been a lot there've been a lot of celebrity jeopardy a lot of celebrity oh. jeopardy players and a lot of really good ones
2: yeah yeah you're not getting any clues from us this season buddy I'm sorry
0: <laughs> no that's fine actually in all fairness, uh, I don't
2: think we've ever given him a clue towards anything have we Mike I don't think so yeah, I mean honestly yeah I can't bring it in mind for sure
0: I'm gonna make okay I'm gonna make a guess and i re- I I seem to remember well I don't seem to remember. I definitely remember the game. And I remember Wolf Blitzer was involved. And I remember that he played against Conan's sidekick, Andy Richter. And Andy did incredibly well. And I want to say, I don't remember the exact total, but I want to say it's up there. And if it's, not, if it's not the top of the top, it should be. But my official guess is going to be Andy Richter.
1: And Richter is correct.
0: Oh, oh my God. God. Oh. <laughs> you don't want to know where I pulled that out of. Oh,
2: boy, I mean. <laughs> I don't want to know. I, I know that everybody who, who listens to the show wants to know where you pulled it out of.
0: We'll save that for the Patreon.
1: I think what I like the best about your answers is it's not that these are things that you know. It's things that you figure out that you know. And it's just, it's impressive to, I don't watch you, obviously, because we're not in the same room, but I can hear your brain thinking.
2: Yeah, and the, the thing I like the most is, too, is that it's never just an answer. Like, we never just say, who was it? And he goes, oh, it's Andy Ricker. There's always, like, let me build up to Andy Richter, who is the answer to the question, which I love. But that's what I'm saying. I don't think he goes into
1: it saying, oh, the answer is Andy Richter. He's probably just thinking like, oh, there was a show that was really good, and I remember thinking Wolf Blitzer should have won, but he didn't. Who'd he lose to?
0: Oh, it's Andy Richter. He did really well that game.
1: It's probably Andy Richter, right?
0: (laughs) Well, that's how I remember it, because we are, my wife and I are, in this house, are big Conan fans, and I remember when it was announced that he was going to play, and everybody was, all, Conan was really scared that uh, Andy was going to get his ass kicked because Wolf Blitzer, you would assume that he's going to do really well because he's in the news and he's right. in media, whatever. Right. And he ended up like kicking severe ass. And it was like it was it was remarkable how well he did. And conversely, it was remarkable how terrible Wolf Blitzer did. I, I want to say he ended in the negative. Wow.
1: well done
2: that's great well thank you so much for uh, being not stumped again and providing us with incredible information as always how about this week a plug for Buzzerblog
0: of course Buzzerblog.com still the number one game show website in the world whether you're looking for information on new series returning series casting retro reviews anything related to the world of game shows and unscripted entertainment Buzzerblog.com is the place to go and we are proud to be sponsoring Tell Them What They've Won for a record breaking Third season. Thank you so much.
1: Record breaking. I didn't even think about that.
0: <laughs> Last season, the record was two. <laughs>
1: well, I, I think we shattered every that. episode then
2: is a record breaking new episode.
0: It feels like it sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
2: well, I don't know what the longest running is, but eventually we'll be the longest running game show podcast. And I hope to know that uh, you'll still be there, Christian.
0: We're the only one that matters. Of course, I'll be here.
2: Thanks so much.
0: <laughs> My pleasure.
2: You know, we should have asked him the other question. What was the other question that we had?
0: I was
1: thinking of following up and asking what uh uh what charity Andy Richter was playing for. Oh, uh, that, that would have been a good one. That, yeah. uh, that to me is stepping, stepping too far outside the like actual Yeah,
2: I know. It's just, we, 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 he gets it every week. Every week, man. Every week. But like I said, it's I I I like that it's not
1: a thing he knows it's a thing he has to figure out that he knows yeah it's it's a it's it's fascinating to experience
2: and uh for those of you who stuck around for the entire game that we played of double dare uh i, I we're gonna play more games as we go forward this year but we promise you it will not take as long as that one That we're gonna be better at it i'm telling you i promise we'll be better at it well I, I mean
1: yeah i have no i was gonna try and come up with some like excuse of like why we did so terrible i think it's just we're idiots
2: a very, very big possibility. Well, and and I think part
1: of the problem was, and, and I made this distinction later, way too late, is I was trying to think, like, not a sport, but an event in the sport. So, in other words, golf would not have been an acceptable answer. Oh, we I We would have needed the Masters. I see. Or something like that. So, I was trying to think of some... What
2: were your other guesses?
1: Uh, my guess is, I think, I, I guess, shuffleboard at one point, golf.
2: I guess darts. I guessed uh, solitaire. I guessed
1: ping pong i guess oh ping pong that's a good one yeah
2: i just i mean pool god i mean billiards who would have i i don't know
1: yeah i mean it's it's just it's weird how obvious it is and i guarantee you the people who are listening are gonna be screaming Screaming. at their their devices you idiot
2: all right. Well, this week, uh, the show that we are featuring is Jeopardy. It's Mike's favorite game show. Uh,
1: well, it was at one point my favorite game show. That's that's absolutely true. Sure. Uh, as as we've we've discussed, uh, Double Dare, I think, well, yeah, has, has now taken over that. Sure. Uh, but that that's just a thing that comes with age and nostalgia and all that kind of sure. stuff. Sure. Uh, I would say. Uh, I think I've talked about before how I draw that distinction between like favorite and best, right? Uh, and I would say Jeopardy is the best game show.
2: Well, we're going to talk more about, uh, and we've got some good surprises coming up as well, um, and I'm excited to get to it. We're going to talk the actual gameplay of Jeopardy, if, as if you didn't know
1: well yeah i mean that's the thing like who doesn't know jeopardy we'll cover it quickly but uh i think we got some some
2: better things that maybe we can spend our time on absolutely all right well let's take a quick break all right it's coming up next you've been listening to america's favorite game show podcast tell them what they want way too well it's the theme to jeopardy it's been played about a billion times interestingly enough
1: uh, that theme is called think with an exclamation point uh it was originally called a time for tony it was actually a uh a, a lullaby that Griffin wrote for his son
2: yeah and uh you know somebody recently I, I know it was clickbait or something the other day i i read that somebody put words to it apparently oh know?
1: yeah sting
2: really oh yeah, right yeah something about okay. being on
1: jeopardy yeah i don't
2: know i didn't listen to it because to be honest i was like i mean i love sting do not get me wrong one of my all-time favorites and especially uh the police are great too but uh i just didn't I don't know. I didn't want to take away from the instrumental part. of it. Well, that. and that's actually
1: what I was going to say is I feel like when that happens, it usually, obviously I don't think it cheapens the original, but it's always just kind of cheap. There was, what was the other one I was trying to think of that was something that got lyrics put to it. I can't remember it now, but um, yeah, it's, I don't know.
2: Yeah. It was like when they first came up with the lyrics for happy birthday, whenever he just hummed happy birthday, it was so much better. And then some people started. How <laughs> old are you? <laughs> 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 all right uh all right so let's talk a little bit about gameplay now i um, mike we don't have a lot on gameplay because let's be honest everybody knows how to play jeopardy right well and i mean i don't want to say
1: there's not a lot of gameplay because that's not true there's tons of, tons gameplay. of gameplay it's yeah. just simply that i mean jeopardy it as we've said over and over again is probably the most popular game show of all time so everybody knows how it's played you got six categories they got five questions each you answer them and you get points you or dollars, I suppose, and sure. you don't. You get them wrong, you lose. That's that's what it is. Um. So I, I think maybe we maybe take a diversion this week. Okay. And instead of really going into the gameplay and then spending the time uh, this week, why don't we talk to someone who is very familiar with the gameplay? And uh, I actually have a buddy, uh, multi-time jeopardy champion Dave Leach. Uh, and I thought it would be great if we could do an interview with him and get a contestant's point of view on the gameplay as opposed to just us yammering about
2: it. Uh, You know what? I think it's a great idea, and it's something I'd like to do more of as we uh, go forward. I think eventually maybe we do um, whole episodes with just interviews, and we'll see how they go.
1: Well, I sure hope so. We do have a couple others in the can ready to go, so, uh, you know,
2: let's get to producing. All right. Season three is the (laughs) the season of, of new content. I love it. All right. So uh, here is us talking with multi winning champion Dave Leach.
3: My name is Dave Leach, and I'm from Seattle, Washington. I was a contestant on Jeopardy. I won six games during the regular season, which got me an invitation to my tournament of champions, where I won my quarterfinal. I like to say I lost my semifinal by 200 bucks because it makes a better story. So I am forcibly retired from Jeopardy at seven and two.
1: What was it like uh, auditioning for Jeopardy? What's the process there?
3: The auditioning process for me was actually quite a long process. The way that it works now is once a year, they do an online quiz. So 50 questions, you do them sitting at your computer, takes about 15 minutes to do. And if you do well enough on that, they don't tell you what well enough is, but wisdom is generally 70%. That's what we think is enough then that throws your name in a hat and if your name gets drawn out they'll invite you to do an in-person audition where they give you the quiz again pull you up in groups of three to the front of the room it's like in a a meeting room in a hotel and they've got a projector they put a jeopardy board up there you play a few clues they do a little bit of interview kind of like you. what would you chat with alex about if you were on the show and they give you a pen and send you on your way and if they liked what they saw sometime in the next year and a half you'll get a call inviting you to come out to Los Angeles so my path to get on the show was I did the online quiz seven times I did the in-person audition twice the first time they didn't like what they saw but the second time they did
1: what are the averages you think for number of tests and auditions before someone gets on
3: they actually told us when we went to Los Angeles and we were on our way to the studio on the bus, they said that that year 100,000 people had done the online quiz. Of that, 2,500 people were invited to do an in-person audition. And of those 2,500, about 400 get the call to come be on the show. So we were the one percenters. They even phrased it like that. <laughs> wow. <laughs> It's, it's a lot of luck, you know? I mean, people who are good at trivia get on the show, but I know pl- plenty of people who are better at trivia than me that just, you know, the, their luck hasn't gone their way. There is definitely an element of
1: luck. So tell me about the day of, uh, I guess, maybe even prior, the day before the day of. Uh, yeah, like, I, I'd, yeah.
2: Also, I'd also like to know a little bit about the preparation, like preparing for the show.
1: Yeah, actually, let oh, sure. do that first. Uh, how do you prepare for Jeopardy?
3: The problem with trying to prepare for Jeopardy, trying to study ahead of time, is they could literally ask anything. You know, it's, it's general knowledge. And so there is no way to just study for Jeopardy. I like to say I've been studying to be on Jeopardy since I was a teenager. Every time you play a trivia game, you are studying to be on Jeopardy. In specific though, you know, like I tried to sit down and memorize all of the capitals of the world. And that's just not how my brain works. That lasted about 10 minutes before I gave up on that. Um, and partly because they're not going to ask about every single world capital. You know, they're gonna expect you to know Paris is the capital of France, but there's plenty of smaller countries all around the world that are just not practically going to come up. So I found the best way to practice was just to play games of Jeopardy. So yeah, I would save up a bunch of episodes on the DVR and watch them one right after the other, playing along from home. I don't know how my wife survived me sitting in front of the TV, you know, five games at a time, clicking my ballpoint pen to practice as if I were ringing in, which is actually some of the advice they give you. I mentioned they give you a pen. The pens that they give out during the auditions, they say they go through dozens of models, trying to find a pen whose button feels the most like the buttons at the on the game show. They want you to practice to get ready to go on the on the show. So yeah, I would sit there watching TV, clicking my pen, uh, out loud answering, "Who is George Washington?" I don't know how my wife didn't kill me through all this. But yeah, I probably played at least 100 games ahead of time. Jeopardy is also a little unusual in that there is a website, the J Archive, where thousands, literally thousands of games have been archived on this website. So you can pull them up and you can see all the clues from that day, what all the correct answers were and things like that. So I had my friend uh, just pull up random games out of the archive and she'd quiz me on them. Again, figuring the best way to study for Jeopardy is to play Jeopardy. I remember one time we were actually going to Six Flags in Atlanta and standing in line for roller coasters. She had her iPad out, pulling up games off of J-Archive and quizzing me while we stood there in line. I, there was one time we got to a game that had a country music category, which I'm terrified. And a guy, a little, a few spaces behind in the line, just started laughing because he knew them all. It's like, how would this guy get it? What does this guy do? And I can be on Jeopardy. <laughs> so yeah, they can ask you about absolutely anything. And Sometimes it's going to be the thing you know, and sometimes it's just going to be the thing you know.
2: So uh, let me ask you this question: how, how did you? How long did you have from the time they notified you you needed to be in Los Angeles? To the time you actually went,
3: I had about six weeks' notice before I was supposed to be out of Los Angeles. Uh, interestingly, contestants pay their own way to get out there and the hotel to stay in. They've got a pretty sweet deal with a hotel that's near the studio. I think it costs something around a hundred dollars a night for Los Angeles, so you yeah, know, pretty good deal. Uh, but the airfare totally on you, and in fact, that's why about. 10, 15 years ago, they changed the second and third place prizes used to second place. We'd get a fantastic trip to Acapulco and third place would get a lifetime supply of rice. But now second place gets $2,000 and third place gets 1,000. And the idea is that offsets your cost.
2: Together. Let's talk about, okay, so you arrive, you're, you're getting to LA. Take us through your experience of going through the show.
3: Oh my gosh. The experience of doing jeopardy was just a whirlwind, it goes by so fast. So they tape just on Tuesdays and Wednesdays. They tape an entire week's worth of shows on a single day. So five games on Tuesday, five games on Wednesday. And then most of the crew actually goes next door to do Wheel of Fortune, which uh, tapes on Thursdays and Fridays. So I arrived out in Los Angeles Monday night. We actually flew out on Halloween night, which was kind of fun. Uh, and then Tuesday morning, down in the hotel lobby, Uh, You can see the contestants start to trickle in. You know, nobody's just out front, you know, wearing a big button that says I'm about to be on Jeopardy. But (laughs) you can kind of tell among the people who's hanging out in the lobby, I bet you're one of us. Uh, And eventually the shuttle shows up and takes us all to the studio. We do about two hours or so in the contest contestants green room before we ever go out on the stage which is where they go over every rule of the game you didn't know you didn't know they do your makeup and uh, sign a whole bunch of paperwork and things like that so a whole lot of crap but then they take us all out onto the stage and if you've ever had the experience of seeing a television show produced I've, i always hear that story that people come back saying oh gosh it was tiny You know, the studio is just nowhere near as big as you imagine it is looking at it on TV. Jeopardy! was exactly the opposite. That studio is huge and it's gorgeous. And we corner and there's the big board and I just start giggling. I mean, this is something I've wanted most of my whole life. Uh, We do get a little bit of rehearsal before we go on stage. They'll pull us up in groups of three. They'll put old games up on the board. And one of the producers gets to be Alex, and we play just as if it was a real game. And I go through a few of those, and then next thing you know, they're calling three people up. You're the first game. All the other players get to sit in the audience and watch the games as they're taped. Uh, And then Alex comes out, and it's starting before you even know it started. And yeah, they do five shows a day. They tape them really quickly. You know, the show, if you take out all the commercials and everything probably runs about 20 minutes, they can record that in about 40 minutes. Uh, They take breaks where the commercials would be that are about the same length as the commercials. Sometimes they'll have to pause in case there was a technical problem or something like that, but they've got a pretty tight ship. And uh, they play three games. Everybody goes to lunch, come back, uh, play two more games. You're done by about four o'clock or so. And if you're playing the next day, a couple of contestants won't get called up. They always have more contestants than they need. So a couple of people will be left over. Whoever's the returning champion will come back on Wednesday and there'll be a fresh crop of new contestants that we do the whole thing all over again. Uh, And then for me, Wednesday night, I was on a plane back to uh, back to Atlanta where I lived at the time to be at my desk Thursday morning because I had no PTO, I'd already burned it all up. (laughs) So it was, I was out in LA for maybe a little over 48 hours. It was such a horrible
2: So tell, tell us again, you, you, how many times did you win when, when you went the first time?
3: I won six games. If I had won my seventh game, I would have gotten to go back to Atlanta and then come back to Los Angeles the next week and be the returning champion.
2: So you literally were in every, you filmed five of those in one day?
3: Uh, my first game was the fourth of the five shows that are taped on Tuesday. So I won that game. I won the next game. Came back Wednesday morning and I was the returning champion. And then I played in all five of the games on Wednesday, losing the last one.
2: Wow. I guess this question is, is interesting, but I mean, I had no idea that you could go back to back to back like that. So theoretically, if you were in the first game of the first day, you could do five games on day one and then come back and do five more games on day two, right?
3: Absolutely. I mean, imagine somebody like Ken Jennings, who won 74 games. He's doing this over the course of about eight or nine weeks, just one week after the other, playing 10 games of Jeopardy over two days, flying home, coming back the next week, and doing it all over
2: again. How tired were you by the end of this thing? I mean, five games, you must have been done.
3: From my experience, my adrenaline was so far up, I didn't realize how tired I was. I I think it kind of sunk in as I was on the plane flying home to Atlanta. But yeah, I mean, I I keep saying it goes by so quickly. When I was on the plane on the flight home, I was just, I had a little notebook with me. I was just trying to write down everything I could remember about this experience there for two days because I didn't want to forget it. And for me, I taped my episodes, as I said, I flew out on uh, Halloween night. So it was November 1st and 2nd that I played my games. The first of my shows aired on December the 29th. So it was about a two-month lag. For some people, it's longer than that. For some people, it's shorter than that. But for me, it was about two months. And it was so much fun watching these games, even the games that I played in, where I completely forgot things that had happened. You'd think Jeopardy being this thing I wanted to do my whole life, you would think it would just all be etched into my memory but it's so fast and you're trying to pitch into so many things and you're running on adrenaline and you just, you don't absorb it. Um, So yeah, watching it when it aired was, was like going back in time. It was a lot of fun.
1: During the time between when you taped and when it aired, I assume you were not allowed to talk about your performance.
3: It's funny. The producers say you are totally welcome to tell your family, tell your friends. Uh, they encourage you to keep the secret just because it's more fun. And I generally did because, come on, there are so few really good, harmless secrets you're going to get in your life. Don't blow them when you get them. <laughs> so by the time that my shows aired, about a half a dozen people that I knew knew how I did. Two of them were in the audience with me in Los Angeles, so they got to see me play. A handful of other people, you know, really close friends, I told after we got back. Funnily, I did not tell my mom because, bless her heart, if she knew that I was going to win, she wouldn't have been able to keep it to herself. And if she knew I was going to lose, she would warn everybody in advance so they wouldn't be too disappointed. So (laughs) I kept the secret from my mom until the
2: And we're back. You're listening to America's Favorite Game Show Podcast. Tell them what they won. episode number 41. We're in segment number three. The featured show this week is Jeopardy! And we were talking earlier to multi-winning Jeopardy! contestant David Leach.
1: Indeed, and now we come to segment three, historically. <laughs> See what I did there? Historically, our history segment but a bump. of the show. Um, so let's let's talk a little bit about uh, the history of the show. You know, most people tend to know the the current version that is running now with Alex Trebek. Or until recently, Alex Trebek. Sure. Um, But it actually uh, has existed in several forms before then. Uh, It originally debuted March 30th, 1964, uh, way back when. Uh, And uh, so it was indeed created by Merv Griffin, as Christian noted in the news. Now, I, I don't know about the veracity of this claim, but as I understand it, it is actually Uh, better attributed to his wife that it was her idea to come up with this now as I understand it it was a reaction to the game show scandals um, that that sort of preceded that and now I think maybe this was me misunderstanding what I read but I thought it was like a way to specifically show that the contestants that like the game was up on on the level, right? That the contestants weren't cheating because they weren't being given the answers. Right, and they had to come up with the questions. Right, right. When I first heard that, I was like, I guess I get that at first glance, but it's the same thing, right? You're still it's the exact same. It's,
2: same the, thing. Exact same it, it's thing. the exact it's same. It's the exact same gimmick. Thing. But um, but it's a incredibly well marketed gimmick, and and that's exactly what Christian was saying in the in the news earlier that because of that, people were like wanting to tune in like, oh, wow, look, it's not. And in all fairness, it may have been a very smart move to do that because it probably opened the door to more and more game shows coming back because after the game show scandals, people are like, I don't want to watch it. They're cheating. Well, I
1: think that's absolutely true. And I had not even like considered it from that angle until Christian brought it up. And I think maybe there's also a little bit of like a um, like self referential humor there, like, ah, uh, there's a little bit of egg on my face. We're giving them the questions, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or we're, uh, Sorry, we're giving
2: them yeah, the answers. Yeah, don't hate us, ha ha! Right. You know, that, yeah. that kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. Um,
1: so, you know, maybe it, it helped to sort of put it in a more... A, light-hearted mood sure i don't know uh but so this original version was hosted by art fleming um and the uh, infamous don pardo as the announcer uh, <laughs> just a, a very long and storied career there. everybody loves don pardo yeah uh if i recall correctly he was the first person to announce that uh jfk had been assassinated
2: I believe that is correct
1: uh, actually. Yeah. Well, a listener double check me on that but I think it's pretty true <laughs> <laughs> pretty true anyways um semi true <laughs> yeah and uh, so that like I said started in 64 and then during that run uh, there was also a nighttime syndicated edition uh, that was just 74 to 75 that had the same uh, host and announcer combo of Art Fleming and Don Pardo um, and uh, like I said, both of those versions ended in 75, and then there was a reboot uh, called The All-New Jeopardy. Uh, this one only ran for a year, 78, not even a full year, October of 78 to March of 79. Wow. Uh, Art Fleming again as the host, uh, and this time John Harlan uh, was the announcer. And Do we know him? Well, he's not really a name I was familiar with, so I looked him up and... Like go look at his shows announced and you're gonna know something on there. Sure. Um, I think uh, primarily we should have both remember this one, but American Gladiators. Oh. Um, but yeah, one of the big one I saw on there, and I have to bring it up just because it's not an episode of our podcast without mentioning Weird Al. Uh, oh he, yeah. <laughs> he he is in the film UHF the the Weird Al movie. He does all the voiceovers for the commercials. Of oh, the that's great. shows And everything on that for the Oh, cool. So we we do know we, him. We then. We do. Well, not personally, <laughs> but yes, I'm familiar with his work quite. Well, I love it. Uh, So anyways, yes, they uh, do this all new Jeopardy. I don't know that I've ever seen this. I don't know if it's actually branded on air as all new Jeopardy. I want to look out for that one just to see if it's any different or anything or how different it is. But that was the last one that uh, was the sort of prehistory Jeopardy, right? Uh, that ends in March of 79, and then September of 84 is when the current version kicks off. Uh, Alex Trebek, of course, being the host of that version from the beginning, uh, with Johnny Gilbert as the announcer, who is still uh, uh, in that seat this today. This is Reading Rainbow. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, what's, what's funny is Johnny Gilbert, like, obviously he has like like most of these announcers a a very very wide career sure uh, but i really only know him from this and Watching supermarket sweep with him doing the announcing of them running through the aisles. I don't know if I said this in the episode, but it almost felt like a Saturday Night Live skit where they were like, <laughs> "Well, we have a show. We got to get an announcer. All right, get Johnny Gilbert." Like it's just such a weird match of low budget show and high budget announcer. Yeah. Right?
2: Well, the truth is, you're not used to hearing Johnny Gilbert say really anything else. Like, like he's almost. I'm not gonna say conversational. But it's like you're getting full sentences from him and you don't normally get that.
1: Yes, I totally agree. Uh, Yeah. And like cracking jokes, I think that's part of it, too. Yeah. You don't hear Johnny Gilbert cracking jokes on Jeopardy, you know. True. Um, True. Anyways. uh, So, yeah. I mean, that's, like I say, very, very brief history. But that's where Jeopardy came from, where it is. And as far as where it's going uh as all the fans know it's up in the air we've got our our litany of of guest hosts but who knows where we'll land
2: i wonder how they're gonna do it and you know to to finally decide who the next you know the next host is well so i
1: if it were me i would have already decided who the the person was and these uh sort of special guest hosts that we've been having would have been runners up basically like you know people who were on our short list to get the job but didn't so let's give them a week or two or whatever and
2: well i i think it's a great way to keep generating news and excitement and the truth is is that um you know if if anybody has a problem with it, it's like, okay, well, there was all those other people there. and you know, it also kind of again, and I don't mean any disrespect, but it kind of lengthens the amount of space between Alex Trebek's passing and the new show person taking over. That is
1: very true. If just like the next day you have someone step in and you move on, it like feels, it feels awful. Yeah. Awful, well, awful. Like, awful. Like, like, a, like a little disrespectful, right? Yeah. Like you got to yeah. show some levity to the role that Alex had in that.
2: Yeah. And I, I think there's, there's something to be said too. like, you never want to be the person following the person. It's like when a, when in sports, this is, this is very, very popular where like you have somebody that brought the team to a championship. And then that person, you know, a couple years later gets fired. But they're like the legacy coach of that team that's known for doing all this wonderful stuff. You don't want to be the guy following the legend. You want to let that guy come in and fail miserably. And then you want to be the guy after that. Well, I think Jeopardy avoided that by having all by their, their guy following the guy being all these guys and gals that came in there in the middle.
1: Yeah, I, and and I don't think that there's going to be less scrutiny, but the more time I think will allow people's scrutiny to be a little more forgiving. You know, sure, absolutely. you're you're not like you said following the legend. I, that's that's something I'm very familiar with. In uh, in middle school, we had to do performances of the instruments that we were learning, and I don't sure. know I don't know why they didn't plan these in the right order. But <laughs> here I am, a guy who. Like, I've been learning the drums for a month because I'm told you have to take an instrument in this school. <laughs> and they put me after this guy who's, like, in a rock band playing, like, cream songs and just, like, absolutely slaying it. And then I'm out there with my little snare drum and
2: tick 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 tick
1: tick tack. Like, yeah, it's awful. So I can tell you from experience, you do not want to be that guy.
2: Uh, speaking of that guy, let's uh, do a little bit more interview with Mr. Dave Leach. Yes, let's do it. Okay, so how much
1: of the money do you get to keep, taxes, all that kind of stuff?
3: So interestingly, the winnings from Jeopardy are treated just like regular income. You fill out your tax things as if you were an independent contractor when you're a contestant on the show. And the money shows up in just one check. For me, it showed up about six months after I'd been on there and about four months after my shows had aired there's a group on Facebook where all the Jeopardy alumni uh, hang out and chat with each other. And especially for the newer contestants, anytime the check shows up, there's always a picture of it that goes up on Facebook and everybody gets to cheer. Um, but yeah, it's treated just like regular. So California state tax had been taken out of it, which I think was something like 8%. It was not the the, the huge amount that I just assumed California tax would be. Uh, but federal tax was not taken out of it. That was just something I had to pay you know, with my normal filing my taxes that year. In the end, I got to keep somewhere around two thirds.
1: Do you still have the check?
3: I do have the check somewhere because at the time I was using an online bank. So I'm pretty sure I do have the check filed away somewhere. <laughs> I should dig that up.
1: <laughs> it lead to any sort of fame or other opportunities directly? I mean, obviously, it's the sort turn of champions, but like non-Jeopardy avenues open up from it?
3: Well, I was surprised how many times I did get recognized in public after my shows had aired. For some reason, people could spot me at the grocery store. I got recognized at Kroger more times than I can remember. Uh, there was one a person who came up to me at a restaurant. They kept hearing me laugh. I have one of those, you know, loud, mildly laughs that you can hear clear across a room. And so this person had kept hearing me thinking, I know is that and came over and asked you like a local restaurant or something like that how do i know you <laughs> and one of my friends at the table piped up "Do you watch jeopardy holy crap <laughs> so yeah it, right after i was on i think i was getting recognized maybe about once a month it's pretty rare that it happens now it's been so long ago but strangely jeopardy recently started showing episodes on netflix This has been right about a year ago. And for whatever reason, one of the first packages of episodes they sent them happened to be my Tournament of Champions. And so I did get recognized a couple times after that from people who were watching Jeopardy! on Netflix and had seen me that way. That's great. Uh, The story I should tell around that. At the time, I lived in an apartment complex and I was taking the dog out for a walk and I glanced up in the window of one of my neighbors across the way. And my internal conversation went something like, oh, that's cool, they're watching Jeopardy. Hang on, that's the set from when I was a contestant. Hang on, that's me. They were actually watching the Netflix episode featuring me (laughs) as I was walking my dog across the parking lot. That is easily one of the most surreal moments of my life.
1: (laughs) That's great. What advice would you give to someone who would wants to be on the show? How do, you, how do you suggest someone goes about auditioning the right
3: way? The best advice I can give someone who wants to be on Jeopardy! Persistence Pays. I did the online quiz seven times before I got my call to be on the show. So if it's something you want to do, definitely do that quiz every year, every time that it comes up. And if you do get the audition, if you get the invitation to come do the audition, one of the best pieces of advice I got before my audition was from a friend who had also been on the show, who warned me that one of the questions they're going to ask you is, if you won, what would you do with the money? Now, everybody knows we're all going to go on a vacation and we're all going to pay bills. That's what everybody's going to do, Jeopardy money, but that's not interesting. So come up with some slightly outlandish thing that you would do with the money if you want. It doesn't have to be honest, but it should be true. Something that you genuinely would enjoy doing. One of the other people at my audition said she wanted to open up a candy store. It's something she'd wanted to do her whole life. That's just a perfect example of an answer to give. My answer was, I wanted to start a company where we could sell the board games that we so much and much. Aud- that is what I ended up doing. My uh, small Jeopardy fortune turned it into a smaller Jeopardy fortune. But yeah, it, have a good have a good story. They love good stories. They they want try to think of the contestants you enjoy watching on the show and emulate them as best you can. You know, be upbeat, be positive, have a good time. Throw in a joke if you have the opportunity to do it. Show them you're having fun because that's what they want to air: is people having.
1: Fun. Yeah, I will say uh, the I've taken the tests I think twice now, mm-hmm. uh, and I always just do terrible at it because, like, I th- I feel like I'm a pretty good trivia guy, but then the questions come up and it's nothing I've ever even heard of. Seriously.
3: <laughs> and,
1: <laughs> and, well, and and so I've heard that potentially the test is more difficult than the show itself. Do you think there's any truth? Mm,
3: That's a good question. I don't know if the online quiz is genuinely more difficult than the show. Part of the magic of Jeopardy is unlike a show like Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, you don't have to know every answer in order to do well. On Jeopardy, if you don't know the right answer, lay back 10 seconds from now, there's gonna be another question and maybe you'll know it. So I think when you're in that situation, you're doing the online quiz, you do feel like you have to have an answer to everything. And I think maybe that puts a little bit more pressure on you. In my experience from doing the online quiz, At the time I did it, they would offer the quiz three times on three consecutive days and time it so it was like at seven o'clock in different time zones. But you could do whichever quiz you wanted to. If you lived in Atlanta, you could totally do the Pacific time quiz if that just worked for your schedule. That was totally fine. And so it was funny to see people who post the questions from the online quiz afterward once it's done. There are absolutely some days that I would have done great on, and some days I would have done terribly on. There's just that randomness choosing those fifty questions. Sometimes it's going to be your fifty questions. Sometimes it's not.
1: Fair. All right. Tell us about uh, Alex. Did you get to spend time with him? <laughs> how much uh, is he? What's he like as a person?
3: Alex, I like to describe Alex as your crazy grandpa. He has no filter, and he's kind of used to the. In the studio, not paying much attention to him because they've all heard his dad jokes many, many times. <laughs> but he's very affable. During the breaks in taping, he'll take questions and answers from the audience and you'll talk about the show. Inevitably, someone will ask him if he likes the Saturday Night Live sketches with Will Ferrell, and he'll be the first to say, Absolutely. He figures that they're making fun of you on Saturday Night Live, you have made it. So he very much enjoys them. He's got that relation for being kind of smug. That's really his game face. Yeah, I mean, he's just joking. He's affable. And yeah, I, I the little bit of time I got to spend with him, I found very enjoyable. Now I say every little bit of time I got to spend with him because the first time we see Alex is when he walks out from behind the board at the beginning of the game. And during the first contestant break before the interviews, he'll go around and they'll take a picture with each of us that they'll send us later on. And we do the interviews, we play the rest of the game. We have the little chit chat afterwards while the credits are rolling. And then he scuttles back to the Trebek cave. We don't see him again. Part of the reason for all the security is Alex is one of the few people who has seen all the content of the games before they get played. He's like the last line of defense in the morning. He will go through all the games and if he sees anything that seems a little off, he's been doing this for 35 years now. He's got a pretty good trivia knowledge. So if he sees something that doesn't sound quite right, he'll ask the researchers to check on it just to be sure. But that all goes back to the the scandals back from the fifties. They want to make sure that everything is not only on the up and up, but looks like it's on the up and up. So they keep Alex under lock and key. The contestants get very little access to
2: it. So I I have a question about the categories and, Mm. and, and so Mike, I know that they, they, they know a little bit about you guys and typically what your backgrounds are and whatnot. Do you feel like they purposely pick categories that are, Outside of your wheelhouses as a group or in maybe inside of your
3: wheelhouses as a group? I mean, don't see how they possibly could. Part of the security around things like that is, as I mentioned, they play five games a day. They prepare six games a day. And before each game is played, the standards and practices officer randomly chooses one. So there's no way for them to set up and match up a contestant with a particular game. Um people ask that all the time, you know, they they just assume that they send us a study guide or give us a heads up about what they're going to ask. I wish that would make <laughs> it so much easier. No, it is a complete.
2: Did you get a category that you were like, during any of your games at all, that you were like, oh, yes, that is me, I am eating that category alive?
3: Funnily, most of the categories that I had a link to were links that my friends had a link to. <laughs> so, for instance, during one of my Tournament of Champions games, a, a category on British sitcoms came up, which is one of my wife's favorite things. I can hear her squeal from the when it came up, that was absolutely her category. I knew a few of them, but she would have done much more than I would have. In my very first game, I was playing against a librarian from Kentucky. And I kid you not, two of the categories that came up were children's books and Kentucky kernels. I did everything I could to avoid those categories. I was picking shoes as a category, and I don't know anything about shoes but i did not want to pick the things i figured jennifer had an advantage on
2: wow and i'm sure she killed both of those categories right
3: you know you would think she did but i w- i would pick shoes and she would get it right then she would pick kentucky and i would get it right so we just kept ping-ponging back and forth that's great <laughs>
1: uh real quick i want to jump back you mentioned the little chit chat during the credits that's that's real you're not just sitting there rutabaga rutabaga
3: no, that is real. Usually you're chatting about the final Jeopardy that just happened or something about the game. When I was on, you know, and I, and I got on that win streak, I knew with each post game that I was going to get another chance. So I would try to lay back and let the other two people chat mm-hmm. with Alex if, cause that was their opportunity to do. It. Um, So sometimes, like I said, they talked about Final Jeopardy. My uh, opponent was a Hindu priest, and Alex wanted to talk to him all about his recent trip to India. So sometimes Alex will sort of guide the conversation. But when it came around my turn, the game that I actually did lose, I wanted to talk to Joe's because I'm a game show fan. I asked him, assuming Jeopardy is your favorite hosting gig, what's your second favorite? He thought about it for a moment. He said he really enjoyed the brief stint he had back in the 90s hosting to tell the truth, which lasted about half a year. It wasn't very long. He just liked chatting with people, and he also joked that he got to sit down while he was hosting, so that was a good thing, too. <laughs> but, yeah, Alex is pretty much up to chat about whatever you want to, if you want to, but otherwise he'll kind of drive the conversation.
2: Cool. Uh, Mike, where are we at? Uh... Uh, the... <laughs>
1: <laughs> the video, videos.
2: So oh, yeah.
1: That YouTube
2: video.
3: Oh, gosh. So, I, I...
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, we, we're going to dig deep on a couple of things here. And that video is <laughs> the first one, Dave. You got to what's going on with that.
3: So I said before I went out to L.A. that I really hope the camera catches me doing some of the dumb expressions that I make whenever I play a trivia game. And they did not let me down. Uh, someone cobbled together a bunch of me looking dumb on Jeopardy, posted it together in a supercut. I could swear that it was my younger brother who did it, but he says it was not him. At some point, I would like to meet my stalker from a safe distance, but I genuinely have no idea who put that
2: up. Well, you know it's it's interesting because I I said to Mike when when he showed me the video, I went down the rabbit hole. To, try, to to try to find who it was. Um and well,
3: there are only videos they've ever posted, isn't
2: it there there's there's other videos they've posted, but it's the only one in that in that genre, if you will. okay. so to me, it feels very personal. Like they this is their anonymous YouTube account, and these are the things that they post that they don't want people knowing about. But I don't know why out of all the champions, out of all the contestants, out of all the years, that they would pick you without having a personal relationship to you.
3: I I mean that's the mystery, isn't it? Like I said, I'd love to know who it is. I'm not, you know, offended by it. I think it's as funny as everybody else does. I'm just curious even. Um, for what it's worth, some people really like how I came on the show. I was having the time of my life, and I think it came through. I laughed a lot, you know, I'd, I'd clap for the other contestants. I was just having a ball, And I think most people responded well to that, but the internet being what it is, always some people who are going to put up, you know, trolls on Twitter and that sort of thing. For the most part, I kept myself from looking at them. You know, you kind of can't help it when you're the mi- in the middle of it. The one along those lines that I got, one of my opponents who I beat, a friend of hers spoke wall. If I ever see that Dave, I'm going to walk up and just him in the face. I clicked like on it. <laughs> 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 and oddly, you know, I mentioned some of those went up on Netflix out of curiosity. I went looking and there were a few tweets from 10 year old shows who were watching on Netflix and tweeting about me. So I, I still elicit. <laughs>
2: Ah, uh, That's great. Mike, you got uh, more for him? I sure do. Uh, have you been
1: on any other shows? Have you tried to be on any sh- other shows, particularly Millionaire?
3: Uh, so when Millionaire first came on, I was one of the people doing the, the call-in game. Yes! You at remember t- calling in! Thank you! Absolutely. So at the time, it was a 900 number. It wasn't a free call. Or, no, excuse me. It was a free call, but they kept track of the numbers they were getting calls from. And so you could only call from the same phone, maybe twice a day, maybe only once a day. So I would run around the office and go to everybody's desk phone and call again. (laughs) And I made it through to the second round on that a couple of times back in the original Who Wants to Be a Millionaire series, but never got beyond that. Uh, A few years ago when I still lived in Atlanta, there was a pyramid tryout and a bunch of Jeopardy alumni all got together and, and went to go do that together. Uh, I think someone from our group did get the call from that, but I didn't. And no, I really haven't followed up on that much since. For somebody who is a quiz show person, there aren't a whole lot of options in the U.S. You've got Jeopardy, you've got Millionaire. I'd go back and do Jeopardy in a heartbeat. But the way that the eligibility rules go, if you have ever been a contestant while Alex has been the host, You can't go back. You can only go back if they invite you for something like a tournament. There've been a handful of people who were contestants back in the Art Fleming era, back in the 70s, before Alex hosted, they can come back. And of course, all the speculation is, you know, when Alex stops hosting, does that mean the floodgates are open? Can we all go back? Because we would all do it in an instant. I really hope when, when they do change hosts, that they let people who didn't win get another crack at it, because Jeopardy being this cultural touchstone, you know, for quizzers, it's, it is the peak of what you can do as a quizzer in the United States in a lot of ways, and to only get one shot at it, I mean, if I had gone and lost in my one game, I'd have had a ball, I'd have still had the party when the TV show aired, but yeah, I'd be aching to get another bite at that apple, so I really hope they give people another chance at it. (laughs) yeah Jeopardy is the coolest club I'm ever going to be part of I don't know why they let me in so grateful they did
1: (laughs) all right well thank you so much Dave for spending some time with us it's been an absolute dream and it's really really great to talk to someone on the inside we appreciate you taking time out of your schedule and uh, again thank you thank you very much
2: all right. Well, special thanks, obviously, uh, going out to Dave for taking some time and, and having some fun with us. What a great story. A lot, a lot of a lot of great stuff to talk about there. Yeah, it's I think
1: Jeopardy is uh, or I suppose uh, contestants of Jeopardy are in this. Echelon, And I don't want to say it in like a like a snobbish sort of like they're better than us because they're smarter than us kind of way. Right. But they they have their own sort of community. Right. Like,
2: oh, they do. I mean, they all know each other. Like even you heard Dave even talking about right, that. Right. Know? Right. Right. I mean, um,
1: and I think that's just kind of a neat little thing. Right. Like it's a way to have a uh, exclusive club without it being like problematic. Right. Like you're not saying nobody like certain people can't join. You just right. have to earn be on the show, right? It's right. that simple. Yeah.
2: Don't be like Mike and I and fail the application process 12 every times.
1: time, <laughs> dude. It's so okay. So let's talk about this for a minute. <laughs> All I right,
2: go, we've got time, and then we got to do ratings too. Yeah,
1: yeah, absolutely. Uh, so the application for the show, the you know, I think we talked about this in the interview. So I don't know how much how much you're gonna leave in. So I don't want to go down on on that road too far but it's 50 questions and you have to get at least 35 of them right in order to move on to the next stage right i am a trivia nerd i know tons of stupid stuff about tons of different um categories and whatever you know and every time I watch Jeopardy, I you know I'm not saying I'm killing it and getting every question right, but I I would say I do better than most of the other people in the room. Sure, um, sure. I think I got five questions right. Oh my god! <laughs> and, 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 and and like I said to to um, Dave in the interview, I I wonder if they make the initial test harder.
2: Yeah, um, just be, to eliminate the
1: well, and I think because when you're Gonna be on the show. There's a lot more pressure, right? Yeah, so lights it's, and the
2: camera exactly. and Alex Trebek. Well, now it's whoever, right. but at yeah. the time, yeah, I mean.
1: yeah. And so, um, I don't think people realize how much that sets you back. And so, like, you could be the best Jeopardy player in the world sitting on your couch, but then you go get on the show and you're gonna tank it. So it's, you know, I think it is a weeding out of the people that don't deserve to be there but I think it's also weeding out the people that I don't know if you can prove you're that smart then you can probably prove that you're a little less smart under pressure does that make sense
2: yeah no no I I agree I agree and that's just good television too you want to you want to definitely have the best of the best on your show you don't want just anybody
1: and that's another good point is that this does not do the uh, um, uh, American Idol thing of like oh let's bring out the you know the horrible people and laugh at them which i'm not i've never been a yeah fan not of a fan of, kind of either yeah yeah. um yeah yeah i mean it's just the the show is class through and through and i mean what more can you say about it other than well, let's give it let's give it some ratings
2: yeah okay uh well i guess we're going to use um what would you like to to use
1: know, there's, there's categories there's there's questions, there's answers, there's.
2: Well, we can't. We're not going to do that. How many Alex Trebek's are you voting one? Alex Trebek's, I love it.
1: Okay. So here's the deal. There's. If I were like doing this for some sort of like internet magazine or something and I didn't give this show a perfect five, like what sort of disservice am I doing and what kind of hate mail am I going to be getting? You're,
2: the you're doing clickbait. You're, you're doing clickbait is what all you're doing at that point because basically what you're saying is this critic didn't vote this five stars and you're going to wonder why. Right. So
1: click here. You'll never believe what we actually chose for number one. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but here's the deal. I. First and foremost, I, I I always want to go back to what I've rated things in the past to compare to. Sure. And I, in the long run of, you know, from beginning to end of watching both shows, I don't enjoy this as much as I enjoy Double Dare. Sure. And, and Double so, Dare,
2: you gave a five. Exactly. It was the only so five I, you gave.
1: I'm not going to do it as, as, as high as that. I also feel that despite the near flawless execution of the show there is a certain inaccessibility to it and while there's maybe people out there who just like watching it to like marvel at smart people You know, this isn't a show that anybody can be on. This isn't, you know, when a lot of, like if the price is right, a lot of the appeal is you can imagine yourself there, right? Absolutely. You you have the potential to be on that show. Right. That may not necessarily be true with Jeopardy, and that may be a, it may keep certain people at an arm's length. And I think that could be considered a fault for the show. With those things in mind, I'm going to go four and a half Alex Trebek.
2: All right, four and a half.
1: I was thinking of going down to four, but that just feels wrong.
2: So here's here's what I decided I'm doing this year or this season, I should say, for my ratings. And I'm going to take my rating and I'm going to start at five and I'm going to dock a quarter point for everything that I find that I don't like about it. And this may skew my ratings a little bit for where they were in the past, but I think it's going to be about the same thing. So, the, um, being that I agree with you that it's it, it's inaccessible to some people, okay, I get that. So, that's, that's going to dock a quarter point. So, we're at 4.75. Now, the other thing that you have to think about is that, to me, although it's tried and true and it's the same over and over and over again, it there it that's that can wear on you because it really hasn't changed a that much. It's evolved a little bit, but it 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 hasn't really gotten away from its true roots. Now for some people, they would say that that's a plus and not a minus. but I don't watch it and Wheel of Fortune anymore, not because I don't like them. I still love both of them. It's just that I've been there, done that, bought the T-shirt, got the bumper sticker on the car. I've created the fan club. You know what I'm saying? Like, I have got to dock it another quarter point for that. Now, in all fairness, do I watch it more or less than I do any of the other shows that I love? Well... I really, really love card sharks. And you would think that and we talked about card sharks last week in news, uh, game show news that you can use or to get you through or whatever the hell it is. God, I you one
1: time. You got it right
2: one time. Leave me alone. <laughs> That's leave, fine. I I mean you'll notice me alone. I have not even tried. Yes, so yeah, so just leave me alone. I, I next year there will not be such a big long name for this. It'll just be stuff in the meantime. <laughs> <laughs> stuff in the meantime. There I it like is. That actually. <laughs> okay, oh, yeah, there it is. So I, I guess my point is is that that when it when Card Sharks came out, it was great, and I loved it then. But I watched the new Card Sharks; I don't like it as much now. I watched the old Card Sharks, and I kind of, although I like it still, it, it it doesn't hold the same nostalgia like Double Dare does, you know that sort of thing. So I'm I'm just not as engaged as I was. So I'm not watching you know Wheel of Fortune and Jeopardy any more or less than I would any other show. So I'm, I can't dock a third third point for that. That being said, I think I have to go with 4.5, which is exactly what you're 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 routing for it. Um, I it's very hard for me to to knock Jeopardy because it is so wonderful, and the cool thing where they have changed it up recently since Alex's death with all these different hosts has made it exciting, and I'm certainly uh, gonna watch uh, all of LeVar Burton's episodes because he was my pick from the beginning too.
1: Yeah, well, so I I had not really considered the point about it not having changed
2: yeah. I don't want to say it's stale because that certainly isn't right. it if they do with the audio they went to audio double uh, daily doubles and they have all the video people and they have the guest host right. coming in and co hosts and all that like I get that they've definitely freshened it up and they've freshened the look up and, and everything else but to me it's still jeopardy
1: it's, yeah you're, you're not wrong and I, I think that's a fair point uh, so I mean I, I like that we both agreed on 4.5 but can we agree that it's like a a apprehensive four point five? Like
2: I, I expect everyone to just throw us under the bus. Yeah, for right. Like
1: yeah, I mean I,
2: I I wouldn't be surprised, and that's fine. But, you know the ratings are really for us more than they are for anybody else. Yeah, I mean the at day. the end
1: of the day, like someone's going to be listening to this, and be like, oh, they only gave Jeopardy a four point five. Maybe we shouldn't watch it, honey. Let's watch something else. Yeah, or
2: or worse worse than that is oh they only gave Jeopardy a four point five. We're never listening to them again. Bad review on Apple to, uh, on iTunes. Blah blah. blah. Wait, you know, wait, hang
1: on, that might actually happen. Well,
2: <laughs> actually, it has. We've got we've got a, a ton of bad reviews. If you want to, if you want to well, read, we got one. No, you should go back and read it. Oh, either. really? Oh, it's oh, terrible. It's absolutely terrible. Sake. You know what? Listen, guys, we're having fun. We're talking game shows. We uh, love it. I hope you do too. We'd like to thank everybody for uh, coming down and uh, hanging out with us uh, on on the uh, web, but soon hopefully be able to come down and hang out with us in
1: person. In person. Tom? I can't believe you're in my house. This is amazing. (laughs) Thank you so much. Yeah, man. Uh, Thank you, Christian. Uh, Still not in person yet, but someday. Yes. You live too far away. But thank you, everyone at BuzzBlog. Thank you, everyone who uh, takes the time to write to us. Maybe not about us, but to us. And uh, that means you, every single one of you.
2: Yes. Tune in again next time. We're going to bring you the latest and greatest in the world of game shows. And we'll even have a brand new featured show, too.
1: And remember, you can catch us online on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and of course, tell them what they've won.com.
2: Please subscribe, share, like, and drop a review if you, only a good review, if you like what you've heard.
1: And if you didn't like it.
2: See you next week, Mike. Bye, Tom. You've been listening to America's Favorite Game Show podcast. Tell them what they've won. A JTEC Audio Production. Copyright 2021. No part of this podcast may be reproduced by anyone without the express written consent of the creators. For more information or to contact us, please go to tell them what they've won.com Hi right, Mike, what did you learn this week? Uh I learned that
1: I have missed interaction with real humans outside of my
2: immediate family. yeah nice and nice to be able to do this in person, you know looking
1: forward to like seeing friends.
2: Yes yes <laughs> oh my God, what about you? Uh I learned that I really like the way you sound on this big shiny new microphone.
1: Oh, I'm so excited to have professional equipment. Thank you so much.
2: <laughs> now if we can only be professional in our broadcast. Hey,
1: f- halfway there. Copyright 2021,
2: a JTEC Audio Production.